episode is sponsored by Millibooks. Search for author Erika Deary in your favorite online bookstore. When you dance, your purpose is not to get a certain place on the floor. It's to enjoy each step along the way. Wayne Dyer. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Bilingual Book Club. This is a space for parents, carers, and teachers to discover bilingual books. I'm Erika Deary, and in this episode, I will be interviewing Luz Maria Mack. And before we start, I'll tell you a little bit about her. Luz Maria Mack was born in Villa Mela, Dominican Republic, and immigrated to the United States as a young child with her family. She comes from a loving and big family that is a recipe for laughter and lots of beautiful memories. Luz is a Dominican's children's author who earned a master's degree in public administration from Metropolitan College of New York and works as a healthcare professional in New York City. Luz, welcome to the Bilingual Book Club. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hello. Thank you for making the time. And like, I know it's almost your bedtime. It's, it's, it's fun. It's always fun to talk about books. So every time I get invited, I'm like, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's talk kids. Let's yeah. talk books. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. So tell me a little bit about um, yourself and how did you get into writing children's books? Yeah, so, uh, well, I I was born in Villa Mella, Dominican Republic. And one of the things uh, being from a a Caribbean country, I remember having so many beautiful memories with my family. And then when I immigrated to New York City, you know, growing up and, you know, assimilating to a new culture, it took our, my family some time to adapt. And I remember being almost like a first generation starting here. It was kind of like, wow, this is different, but then you adapt. But when I had my kids, I was kind of like reliving those moments again. And and it started with my daughter when she got accepted into a private school here in New York City. Private schools tend to be, you know, different than the communities I live in, saying like, you don't see a lot of people of color, you don't see a lot of uh, mixed race kids at times. So my daughter is, his, uh, she's Dominican and also African-American. And one of the things she asked me when she was four, she asked me if she could dye her hair blonde because she wanted to have cute blonde, short hair, with vanilla skin like her friends and she felt like she just stood out she stood out so bad and when she stood out it did something to me like it tugged my heart because I remember what it feels like to be different she noticed at a younger age you know we all deal with complexity if we feel pretty if we feel accepted and all this but me seeing my daughter live that like it reminded me of my own you know my own uh troubles accepting who I was and embracing my Latinidad so um it forced me to have like an open conversation with one of her teachers saying like I'm concerned you know she doesn't see herself in the classroom what can I do and her teacher that I'm still very good friends with to this day had invited me to try um sharing pictures of her family of historical people, people that look like her, people that come from our communities. And I think that was just monumental to start by like storytelling at home because African-American and Latina child that identify uh, looking darker and darker features, they're at many, many moons ago, you didn't see them 
and television and print and media and books, right? And a lot of people think like, maybe that's not true, but it is true because it really, this is why there's a lot of advocates like myself that's trying to celebrate children uh, from our communities and you know, and celebrate their individuality because we haven't seen that. So it made me want to be the author for my child to see herself. Like I wanted to do that. So I started doing storytelling, telling her about her grandmother, her mother, and I ended up telling her about me, how I was as a child growing up in Dominican Republic. So I talked about the things I did and the things my family did. And it kind of forced me to think about a better way to put this together and I put a book together and when I put the book together and showed it to her I knew it did something in her at the time when I finished doing the book she started kindergarten that's a big difference you know it started when she was four yeah. I made my first proof of concept when she was in kindergarten it, it, it looks quite different than what it does now but she was really proud of it and I was really proud of it because I saw a celebration of my legacy like I saw a celebration of my story and how many Latina little girls didn't have that at one point in time. So when she saw that, I was really just happy to bring that to life for her. That is so good. And that is such a beautiful story because yeah, it's true. Like even in Mexico growing up, all the actors, you know, we have a lot of telenovelas and things like that. They're all blonde. And sometimes you even you're like well I should be blonde and even a lot of people are like oh you should dye your hair blonde because you're trying to be to be a bit whiter I guess when we shouldn't we just should be happy to accept how we are and and embrace it because it's beautiful <laughs> I grew up watching novelas so you're talking about novelas and I'm singing in my head Mari, Mar. exactly <laughs> yeah She's like blonde and she has the red lips and she's looking like, oh, I'm so beautiful. But then who are the women that are dark and like with dark features? They're playing the maid. Like I grew exactly. up so I understand exactly where you're coming from. So I didn't want little girls to be like, that's what I want to be. Like, no, like tell me about every little girl and why they're important. So I, I understand completely, especially because uh, I feel like in, in Latino America, like Latinidad, we have that complex that we didn't know how to embrace our enoughness and our beauty, you know, because media determines who was beautiful, like the people who control the media, the, the you know, who's showing us who's beautiful, like the Gerber baby was white when I was growing up, like the blue eye with the little cute little blonde curl right here. Yeah. It's only now that the Gerber baby looks like someone that could be like, oh, that looks, that could be my niece. Like that could be a family member. And it took how many years? Like I'm in my forties. I just finally saw a Gerber baby of color. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's because parents like you and, 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 and authors, other authors that I've interviewed in this, in this podcast that want to make that change. And hopefully we can make it better for the next generation that it's normal to have every, every race. Every Everything. Country everything um so why did you do it bilingual are, are you raising your kids bilingual uh to be quite honest I first started uh my kids learning Spanish my husband is African-American he does not sadly speak a lot of Spanish and he's a little 
you know, timid when it comes to uh, speaking it, but he does understand it. My kids do know some Spanish, but they're not fully bilingual. And at one point I was really trying to force them to do everything like Spanish at home, English at school. And I just noticed it didn't, it wasn't working, right? Mm. And I kind of like, I, I, I am someone that's an advocate about like helping kids uh, use more than one language. But at the same token, I want them to be kids. And I feel like, you know, they're hearing it at home, whether they speak it or not, they understand some of it. I just kind of been slowly like pushing them little by little. I feel like uh, my kids are pretty much strong individuals because they have a strong mom. So they'll let me know like, hey mom, chill on this. I'm okay. In Spanish class, I'm getting an A and I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but every now and then I get nervous because I want them to, to embrace who they are and they are half Latinos. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way because I feel, you know, growing up in Australia, um, the minute I started taking my kids to childcare and I went back to work full time, I feel like there was this switch where English was the dominant language as, as it is here. And they kind of didn't even, sometimes they tell me they don't want to speak Spanish because they're tired. And it's like, mom, I'm, I'm just tired. Like, just speak to me in English. Like, no, I'm just going to speak in Spanish because I'm tired. So we will just talk you in your language and I'll talk in my own language. But I know they understand everything. And I think, you know, for all those parents out there that are worrying that their kid is not talking, I learned English when I was 12. I think there's, it's never too late. And if, if you give those roots when, uh, when they're little, it's just going to be a part of them and part of their culture. Yeah. Have, have they been- I, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I learned to learn, uh, I learned English. Like I was fully conversational in college. I went, I was in a bilingual program. And at the time in New York city, public school, bilingual programs weren't very effective. Like it was like, I think half a week in Spanish, half a week in English. And I was struggling because learning, you know, my uh, coming from Santo Domingo to here, I, you know, I really got attached to kids that were just like me, first generation coming to this country. So there was like a lot of, a lot of things that I just, I didn't feel comfortable with as a child. So I remember for me to take on English, it took me a while to feel comfortable with it. I think I, I always make fun of some words like the word share and share. I was like, I still don't like I'm in my forties and I have to say the sentence I'm sitting on a chair. So people understand that I'm not trying to say, I want to share this with you because it's, you know, it, it is the dilemma when you're like from a different country that some words just sound too similar and it's so different in, in Espanol, you know, in Spanish, <laughs> like these words are completely different. Compartir, silla, in English, no, share, share. Or yeah. yellow and yellow. To me, I have to always explain jello the dessert, not jello the color. <laughs> that happens to me a lot sometimes. And then I have to be very careful to like like enunciate almost like that word. Yeah, or and, and, that and I, I have heard. trouble with that. And my kids love it. They just so love it. And that's how I know they're so American because they're like, 
mom, it's not this, it's this one. This is the one you mean. Or, but it's like, you know, growing up, uh, learning two languages, this is what happens. We confuse the words. But yeah. I wanted to capture that, like our totally bilingual heads, how we think. Because it's something so uniquely us that not a lot of people share. Yeah, absolutely. To me, it happens with the word for playa. So you do the maths. <laughs> Um, so, um, talk to me about, um, <laughs> talk to me about Maria. So how old is she? Like, can you tell us a little bit about, about her world? Sure. So I started with Pequeña Maria, Little Maria. And the first book, I didn't give her kind of like an age really, but like, I wanted her to keep her like nursery age. So you could imagine she's anywhere between the ages of four to seven, because she doesn't look She's petite, small, and very cute. And she shows her favorite things. And it's meant to show the things that she loved from a different country. I was trying not to make it like about New York City just because I I'm happy, happen to be living here or rooted here. I'm right. trying to show una niña campesina, like a girl from the country, more or less, playing with butterflies, doing all these beautiful things and sharing with her family. Very rich in culture because a lot, it touches on culture in a very indirect way. Like even, um, even this, that a lot of people just loved her eating mango trees <laughs> in a mango tree, you know, like, like sitting on a mango tree. And then the end of each book, it has mariquitas or, or paper dolls. It's in color, like the kids can come oh, around beautiful. them. Oh, yeah. Or else, if they don't like Maria the way she looks, they could color her hair however they like. They could color her skin however they think Maria should look and make her totally her. Um, that's one of the books. The second one is actually, I, I really wrote this inspired by my kids because for us, uh, I grew up like on the weekends. Well, growing up every day, you had to do chores. It's like chore day every way. So I wanted to take that concept of like being like a, the special helper of the day, like schools have and being someone that cleans every day from a Hispanic household and call it Maria la super ayudante, Maria the super helper. Cause I wanted kids to, you know, put something positive attached to being of service at home. And when I say being of service, like helping mom out and dad out by cleaning. And it's not like they have to clean all the time. They could clean together as a family. Cause I grew up in that kind of family. Like my dad used to cook sometimes or help my mom clean. And we used to do that. So I wanted to show that to my kids. I mean, to this day, they still don't like chores but they understand the responsibility of doing chores. Yeah, and I think it's such so, a, I, such a basic um, ability to have, right? Just to clean after yourself, right? Like, yeah, house can't do uh, it, and we and they have to. They they have to because it's like if you don't clean, you know, some of the things that I grew up doing. Of course, again, not to depict um, like New York City, like where I'm from now, but like how I grew up, and some of the most beautiful things. Like every book of Maria, it ends with paper dolls again. And the paper and the paper doll is unique to each book. It's 
car with a little broom, a little bucket, and her little cat friend. It's also in, in color and in black and white. Oh, that is so cool. And it, yeah, it makes it really interactive for the child to, you know, cut and make their own their own design. That is so cool. I I can see in your books you have, because you're um, setting Maria in this very, um, you know, open environment, like very free. And, and I love that we, your book gives the opportunity to the child to see themselves free, you know, because, you know, the parents were always taking you to school and telling you what to do and but here they're just free they're just enjoying life and I think that that is really cool I think I one of the reasons I thought about that more was because be, raising my kids obviously is different than how I was raised but I remember a lot of the these opportunities of doing things of learning how to take like just being but like not someone micromanaging hmm. me like like my mom used to cut these pieces of fabric. Like for example, if it's like the super helper, okay, make sure you dust here and dust there. And here I am dusting the dog or something like that. <laughs> but like no one was on top of me. But like when you're like, for example, in a school setting and you're here or, or, or in a more like not in our Latino countries, you see people like, okay, no, we're going to dust the table, dust this. Like you're following an actual person around where in my communities, you're like really telling the child what to do and they have all this freedom to roam around and choose what to do in a place. I mean, there's an adult there, but it's like, the space is not limited. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah it does. Not everybody has to follow that same, same path. Like, and, yeah. 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 Like in the last book, um, I actually really challenged myself and this is uh, Pequeña Maria Descubre Su Baile, Baile, Little Maria Discovers Her Dance. And you see Maria going to school. And I try to make the schools like in my country, in the Dominican Republic, but they're, they don't always, you know, the kids don't always have to think of like Dominican Republic. This could be very similar to Puerto Rico, to Cuba, to even Mexico, like obviously not the flag, but like very simple places where they teach kids. And in this uh, book, it's very unique because it's like the project is like all the kids have to pick unique style of dancing depending on a region. So some kids decide to dance bomba, some kids uh, decide to dance and jarabe tapatio, another kid decides to dance joropo, another kid that decides to dance cha-cha-cha. So they, they're kind of like teaching each other how to dance it and listening to music. But like Maria has to figure out what kind of dance she wants to do for her project. So here's her friend, friends teaching them what makes bomba fun to dance. And it goes on to cha-cha-cha and she just got confused and tripped over herself. You know, it was, it's just like following this adventure of her seeing the beauty, but it shows culture. Because you see the colors are very, very talking about like the culture of these dances and, and the styles of clothes that they're wearing. Yeah, they so are like, very, very, right. And like being from Mexico, like I am from the city where the Jarabe Tapatillo is danced. So <laughs> I, I love how they, you know, how the skirt was represented. So yeah, it was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she, she ends up picking merengue and at the end, all the kids are, shouting the dances they pick 
I wish my dream was with this book to make something like that could be more inclusive and represent all of Latin, like the main genres of Latino America. Obviously, I pick I pick five dances, but kids walked away learning something about Latinidad because we all, regardless of the dances, they had like a dance fusion fusion at the end, and everyone danced what they wanted to dance. But that's what it is. Like it's rep- like everyone learns from each other's culture and like true Maria fashion. There's uh, paper dolls at the end with her her vestido folklorico and little maracas. <laughs> And and that's what the kids get oh, to enjoy. beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. And obviously that is something that definitely represents us as Latinos, you know, like we can't get away from the fact that, you know, I'm not generalizing to everybody, but we definitely love music. We grow up with it. It's in our blood. And I think even with my kids, I put some Latin music and they they dance, they, you know, they dance it because it's just part of their growing up. It's just there in the background like you don't even have to be telling them you have to listen to this music it's just there and I love how you incorporated all the main genres and in a in a way yes we're Latinos and we all like this happy music but they're all a bit different as well now one of the things I saw is that you have a, a YouTube channel and you have the animations of Maria and I think I discovered um, the dancing book through there and I was like kind of doing something in the background and I heard that I was like, oh my God, look. And I, I like it paid a bit more attention. So how did you, um, first of all, how did you come about um, making like the animations for kids to watch on YouTube? Was that the intention? So the intention behind the animations was really, I wanted to, I wanted to challenge myself, how do I capture a child that might not enjoy to read or might not have access to books? And unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to talk about things like that because they want, you know, yes, I'm for literacy. Yes, I want kids to read books, but we also have to be honest. Sometimes we have to get kids where they're at and TV and YouTube and all these channels are very entertaining. So how can I make that into fun learning, right? So I decided to make the animations and also with the, also like one of the biggest goals was for access for kids that can't afford books. So it could be for free. Um, That's what I did. I found someone, a consultant that helped me animate a lot of the uh, pictures that I had and I got another consultant to do the voice, but I wanted, for the most part, everyone to be Latino on the project. Yeah. Because to me, it was very important. If I'm going to talk about being Hispanic, I can't hire someone that has no idea what being Hispanic is. Like, I wanted someone from our culture. There were some people that I hired that were not Hispanic, but they really made the vision come to life because they live in like Newark, an urban area. They get it. Like, they play, like, like a lot of the people that use my the, did the music, like they get it. They they do soul and all this music. A lot of our music, you know, derives from that. So I was really excited to have some of the best people help me with the project. And to be honest, I couldn't have done it without them because sometimes you have these ideas and I had a I put my trust on them and I'm I couldn't be any more happier with the project. Um the guy that animated all the Maria uh, projects, his name is Victor Colon, he's a designer. Uh, he happens to be uh, 
uh, Puerto Rican. And the guy that did the music with me, his name is Carter Manga uh, Jr., but there he, he goes by the nickname The Rock. He happens to be African-American. He, he plays some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. But like when we came to do the animation for Pequeña Maria Descubre Su Baile, one of the most amazing things he did was hire someone to do the, the drums, like the congos, just oh, because yeah. like they were an expert at percussion. So he did every style of music that you hear there. And it was really great him taking his time and having people from his production company make this happen. It took a lot of work. Um, for people that don't know, anytime, like for example, Disney makes an animation, like let's just say Disney because everybody knows, every, yeah. everyone knows about. Yeah, it's sometimes uh, for people to make an animation, they take almost two years, right? And to make a short, they take sometimes even a year themselves to make a short, anything under 15 minutes. This animation was 11 minutes and it happened in four months. Wow. With a lean budget. Um, and when I made it happen, I cried. I cried. Like there's still parts when I see that final animation, I'm just like, that's my vision. And honestly speaking, I, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the people that helped me touch this project because they all put so much love into it. I really hope and pray that I'm able to see this project grow more. Um, it's hard to be a self-published author. This last book, I was uh, very blessed that I worked with it with Dominican writers that they helped me put this book together. And, and I really do hope that, that some, I could uh, be partnered with a company that could help me make more Maria projects because a lot of people are noticing the love. And this latest book, Pequeña Maria, the Scuri Subaile was on PBS on their chat and learn program. So it, it, it just, it got so much love because it had such a wonderful message about culture and learning about culture through dance. Like who doesn't like that, you know? So yeah, yeah, even though who did like you didn't want to see me reading the book and I was happy no one wanted to see me reading the book you wanted to see the animation and that's all I wanted for them and there's more animations that I've done but this has been one of the most sophisticated animations yeah yeah because I noticed the change in music because I've, I've had a go at, at doing animation the intro for this podcast is like a seven second book butterfly flying and it took me like four hours for seven seconds. And um, to coordinate the music, obviously there was a learning curve. I think if the more you practice, it's gonna be quicker, but it was a very simple graphic. So trying to make a character smile and um, open and close their eyes and all that and, and move their limbs, that is, yeah, it's such a different skill than us writing and illustrating. So did you illustrate the books or, or did you get a separate illustrator? No, uh, the illustrator, oh, my, my, my apologies. She's a very uh, famous uh, illustrator from Venezuela. Her name is Vanessa Vallesca. She illustrated all three books. I actually worked with her in more projects and she has been so amazing at capturing Maria, you know? I think uh, I've been like very blessed with using her illustrations to make these animations because um, it captures the culture so well. The colors are vibrant. 
and um, they capture the love of a family and a, a little girl. Yeah, I was going to say something I, I saw in your books was the colors were so, so vibrant. And I really, really um, like that. The contrast, like the yellows and the pinks and all that. So that, that was really good. Thank you. Great. Um, now, did I see that you um, wrote for Encanto? Yes, I did. I yeah. uh, That book is coming out in October. It was a huge blessing. Uh, who doesn't dream to work with Disney in something? So when exactly. that project came about, I, I was such a nerd. I started singing, let it go, let it go. <laughs> I was just like singing all the Disney songs. <laughs> I was singing like the Ariel song, like, up where we walk, up where we dance. The, the lady was like, okay, I get it. You're a Disney fan. I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> I would tell the kids, let's see Hercules. And they're like, gosh, mommy, you're such a Disney fan. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was amazing. I learned a lot from that opportunity. You know, you can't say much because the movie's not out, the book isn't out, but you're going to love it. It's just a beautiful project. Yeah, we can't wait to see um, the movie. Like one of my best friends is from Colombia. So we're like, oh, let's go see it together. And of course with my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably would watch it by myself too. Um, so are there any activities you recommend that would go well with the message of your books? Well, it's, it's different in the sense that like each of the Maria books have different messages, yeah. you know, like I think, um, for the first book, I always share, you know, cause Maria is showing everyone their favorite things to do, to share your favorite things to do with a friend. And I think that opens a lot up you know, warmth from children to children, like show me, it's almost like a show and tell, like show me your favorite toy or instead of that, make, take it a step further. What are your favorite things to do? Like as a family or what are the things you do? Because I think it really puts a child to think about someone else in their shoes, right? And yeah. that's, I also think you kind of dissect racism in a way like that because you're walking in someone else's shoe when you get to see what how they live like. So that was my my point of doing the first one. The second book, The Super Helper, it's you know, it's kind of like like a hidden message like let's motivate kids to help mom and dad around the house, but it's really because um and it, it says it on the dedication, uh thanks mom and dad because I learned that service starts at home and I really hope kids know that that it's a it's an honor to serve at home because this is where you learn everything is the fundamental. And when kids learn to take care of their space, they'll be learning to take care of their future homes and how to care for other things, you know, not just a pet, like their rooms, like their selves, like to have pride in the things they have. And Pequeña Maria descubre su baile, Dro Maria discovers her dance it's really inviting kids to try something new, you know? Let's try something for size. Let's try to see, if, you know, let me see if I could tap dance. I can't tap dance. Let me see if I could dance this. I, I can do this, you know? It's kind of motivating the kids to teach one another to do different things through dance. So I really hope that the activities that the kids see through the books or the messages learned, that they will try it on for size to see if they're open to getting to know others like that. Yeah, fantastic. 
So are you working on other books or on other projects at the moment? I am. Uh, I have a new book that will be coming out 2022. Um, it's through a publishing house called Soaring Kites, and I'm very excited about it. And, and I can't wait to share that once it's ready. I think there's going to be a soft cover reveal by next year, like uh, probably by January 2022. So that is something I'm really proud of because I feel like I really wanted to share more of me, who I am, but also like share more of what makes me unique in a different way. So I'm hoping it motivates uh, a lot of young readers to just think about themselves and where they're from and what makes them special. Absolutely. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being um, in the Bilingual Book Club. Um, so where can people find you and everything uh, you are online and Instagram, Facebook, tell us yes. where you are. So you can find me on Amazon. Uh, you could look for any of my books via my name, Luz M. Mac, or you could go to my website, LuzMac.com and kids could see the animations for free. They could play with the Instagram filters. They could see all the books available. They could see the apparel. Um, the only thing they can't see are the dolls. There's the YouTube and it's on my name as well. Or else they could look it up as Pequeña Maria Little Maria. And also they can find me on Instagram as Luz Mac Official. On Instagram, I really share my life. So people could get to know me as a person, things I'm working on. Sometimes I sh slowly share that, you know, it takes some time because a book, a book takes a lot of time to work on, but yeah. I'm really happy to connect with people. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much and have a good night. <laughs> good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed it and learned a lot from Luz Maria. And if you are enjoying the podcast or the YouTube channel, please ensure to subscribe so that more people can find the podcast and can find more of these amazing and beautiful bilingual books. Thank you so much. Bye for now.